Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand up with us tonight. Hallelujah says in Psalms 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, we give you thanks, Father. We worship you. We magnify you. Lord, we give you all the glory tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, there's no one else like you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. Yes, he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. Yes, he is good. Oh, give thanks unto
We thank you, King Jesus. We glorify your name this evening. We thank you for your goodness. We give you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. Thank you for opening that door to our Father. Thank you because you, you are great. We glorify you. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. We worship you today. And we are here gathered together to bring you glory, to bring glory to your name, and we thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for making Jesus come, allow him to come and to be a pathway for us to get to you. So we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Welcome, Spirit of Faith. You are going to be blessed today. Amen. You are blessed, but you're going to be more blessed. Amen. Blessing upon blessing, glory upon glory. Amen. So be ready to receive what God has for you. Amen. So as you take your seat, turn to your neighbor and say, be ready because you're going to be more blessed today. Praise God. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're excited to be together. Amen. We trust that the Spirit of God and the will of God and His Word will be preached and His will will be done. Amen. Praise God. I have a few announcements for you and then we'll continue with the service. Uh, if you are visiting us for the first time, we are very excited that you're here with us. Uh, you will be blessed. We get together to hear from God and you will not be disappointed. Praise God. Uh, the first announcement that I have for you is uh, this Saturday, Uh, this Saturday at 1 p.m., 
uh, we are going to be having a maintenance work day. So we invite you to add your supply to come and help us. Amen. There are some uh, maintenance and, and some repairs that we need to do around our campus. So we're excited about that. And um, we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet in the hospitality foyer. If you can add your name after service, that would be wonderful. Uh, one thing that I can tell you is when you come and add your supply, there's always a reward attached to it. Amen. Because whatever we do for God, he is always, you know, excited for us. He delights in it and he multiplies our efforts. Amen. So you're going to be blessed. Praise God. Now, also, uh, this Sunday, August 27th, uh, we're going to be having Advancement Sunday. What does that mean? Uh, that if you have children that are entering first, fourth, or seventh grade, uh, they will be starting in their new class. So we're excited for them. Uh, they're going to be blessed. You know, it's an exciting day for the kids, and we will rejoice with them. So mom and dad, just make sure that they go to their new classroom. Um, also, uh, on Monday, September 4th, uh, in observance of the Labor Day weekend, uh, the front office is going to be closed. So we want you to remember that. If for some reason you needed, you had a matter that you needed to attend to or you know, call the office for some reason, just wait until Tuesday. Uh, on the office hours are going to resume on Tuesday, September 5th. So uh, you can do it that way. And if for some reason you, you uh, call and uh, you, know, you get an answering machine, just leave a message. They're going to be monitoring the calls and they're going to get uh, back with you as soon as possible. Amen? If there's an emergency, you can uh, call the number, just follow the prompts. But you know what? We have a Savior. We have somebody who takes care of us always. Amen? Amen. So we are kept and protected. Amen? Wonderful. Uh, also, uh, forerunners are getting ready. Hey, hey, amen. <laughs> I, praise God. I'm excited for you guys. So, uh, the uh, forerunners are going to be having an outing. They're going to be going to Allen's Apple Orchard. Uh, this is going to be on Saturday, September 9th. So, what does this mean if you are 55 years old or older, or uh, one of your one of the spouses is is within that range? Uh, you uh, are invited to go and be part of this group. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to get, get together. They're going to be having a guided tour of the Allen's Apple, Apple Orchard. And they're going to be having a, uh, a, a whole tour in there and with a hay rack through the orchard. That sounds like a lot of fun. Amen? So uh, there's a, a small cost. It's only $7 per person. And that's going to be uh, done there. The payment is going to be done at Allen's Apple Orchard. Uh, as, as they go. However, we do ask you to please register to let us know that you're coming. Uh, you can do this by going to everlyministries.org and then go to the uh, events section and then the passcode for the event is Forerunners Event. Uh, there are maps available in the hospitality foyer. Also, if you don't know how to get there, you can go and get a printout. That way you can make it there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, the uh, Extreme Fire Youth is going to be having a bowling uh, after evening. Uh, this is going to be at the uh, spare time location. This is going to be on Friday, September 15, and it'll be a wonderful time for them, okay? So uh, they are actually going to be meeting here at the church, and then the bus is going to leave from here at 6.30 p.m., and then we'll return to the EDM building back again at 9 o'clock. You know, the, the fun uh, thing that I see here for them is the fun starts as soon as they're getting ready to go when they're going to go out there. So 
writing together is going to be a lot of fun for them. Praise God. And there's a, a, a minute cost as well. It's only $20. This covers the, their shoes and the food that they're going to eat during the event. Praise God. Now, uh, we want to remind you that the divine, uh, health, uh, divine Healing and Health for Today class is going to be offered during this fall. So uh, if you have not signed up but you have it in your heart, please do so. Uh, you do that. Uh, you can register as, under the uh, SOFSC events page at everlyministries.org as well. This class is offered on Sundays uh, running from September 10th. Uh, through December 10th at 8.45, which is before service. But let me tell you, you are going to be greatly blessed. There is so much that God has made available for us, you know, about with the uh, part of the covenant that we have with him. So make sure that you take advantage of everything that God has for you, okay? Then with that said, we're also going to be having the Getting a Grip on the Basics class. Exciting time as well. If for some reason you have not taken it, do not miss it. Okay, so it's going to be about the, the same time frame. It's going to be in the fall. So, uh, this, is, this means on Sundays, uh, September 10 through December 10 at 8.45 in the morning, which is before service. And uh, it is going to bless you. I've taken it multiple times. I can tell you every time that I go there, it just really helps me in my walk with him. So praise God for that. Uh, there is a uh, book that comes with that class uh, that you need to go and, and obtain in the bookstore. Is there's, there's a discounted price on it of $9, and it's called Getting a Grip on the Basics Workbook. Uh, it will bless you. So with that said, if you are going, make sure that you have Chapter 1 completed before uh, the first class. That way you are in line to be able to receive more from God. Amen? Amen. Pastor Jay, I believe those are all the announcements. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Good evening. How are you doing? How's your faith? Hey, strong in faith. Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica. He said, I wrote to know your faith. He didn't even say, how are you doing? He just said, how's your faith? He knew if their faith was doing all right, they're doing all right. So your faith doing all right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to see you. Glad to be back. Good to have you uh, here tonight. We're, we, my wife and I took a week of vacation out in Colorado. We thought we'd go out and suffer a little bit. And uh, so it was wonderful. Got a lot of rest. And uh, we came home to a house that didn't have an air conditioning. So, you know, with the uh, dry heat out there and the muggy heat back here, that was a transition. And <clears throat> we did get it fixed this afternoon. So praise the Lord. But Pastor Debbie's not here tonight. But she'll be back on Sunday, and uh, all is well. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. If you're glad you're here, stand up and greet three people and tell them, I'm glad to see you tonight. Ask them, how's your faith? How's your faith? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of you know that's appropriate at all times? At all times, just hallelujah. Bible said, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. 
Continually means right now. Amen. Amen. But uh, just let me tell you a little bit of our vacation. I know you want to know, but uh, we, we basically did little as possible. Um, it was uh, a shorter vacation than we normally take. Really there, we were only there from Monday last week till we left there on, to, we left there this Monday. So, um, but we were, we, we got rest and uh, we just decided to do little, little to nothing. Went a little bit of shopping, went out to eat, things like that, but not much else. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going out there and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pray about the ministry here, the ministry here, the ministry here. And I got there and there was no unction on any of it. He said, he said, I want to minister to you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and that's what it was, just receiving, taking in, letting, getting refreshed and getting... Getting, you know, things in our personal life, talking over to that, that lady that I've been passing her in the hall. She's strawberry blonde. And uh, she had just been noticing her around the house. Got to talk to her extensively. And, uh, and uh, just, just talk about our lives, our, you know, just what God's doing in our lives and so forth and so on. Praying about personal things, finances, decisions, things like that. I'd go to pray about you and I wouldn't get any unction. <laughs> But I love you, and I'm going to start praying again tomorrow, all right? <laughs> you know I'm kidding. There are some people that are going through some real things. I, I prayed definitely, but, but um, there was just a lot of unction on just the Lord. You know, when you're giving out all the time, the Lord, the, he, he kept saying to me, you're serving me, but I love you. And I'm like, yes. And I had to kind of make a, how many of you know you got to make an adjustment sometimes just, just to receive and take in? And uh, you don't realize sometimes until you, until the Lord wants to talk to you about you and minister to you, how much of a vein you've been in giving out. And that's good. Just giving out's good, right? But you better watch it because if you don't take in from time to time, you're going to have nothing to give out. I was a little surprised at how much I needed. So, but thank God for his goodness and, and uh, we're ready to go. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and receive the offering this evening. And uh, if you want a, an envelope, if you're old school, then you can raise your hand. <laughs> but I want to read something to you. Um, the, and if you're making out checks, don't forget to make them out to Spirit of Faith Family Church. And remember all the designated funds and so forth. But um, I, uh, uh, well, there's a lot to this. I guess I won't be able to say it all. But I will say this. I'm going to read something in Hebrews chapter number 12. Um, I said to the Lord, this was back in June, I said to the Lord, what you're leading us to do, you, we have, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I started to say to the Lord, you ever started to say something and got cut off? All the married folks said, I understand, pastor. <laughs> but I started to say to the Lord, I woke up one morning back in June and I started saying to the Lord, Lord, what you're telling us to do has brought us to the greatest needs and greatest faith projects of our life. And, uh, you know, you walk with God and you're gonna, he's going he's gonna to bring you into taking steps of faith to uh, stretch you. Anyone know, know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't been coming to Spirit of Faith Family Church. But no, we, we were just uh, coming to some uh, amazing uh, expansions and things he's talking to us about, and a lot in our heart, a lot stirring up in our hearts. Anyway, so I said, I began to say, Lord, you've, uh, <laughs> I said, I began to say, say began to say, 
We've come to some of the greatest expansions and needs. I, I was talking mainly about needs. How many of you know Philippians 4:19 says, "My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus." Notice He put supply before need. I said He put supply before need. Why? He wants you more focused on the supply than than on your need. Amen. Even if it's something that uh, you created by taking a step of faith. There wasn't a need because of some mistake you made. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's different reasons needs come up. But, um, but I began to say, say it to your neighbor now. He's getting ready to say this to the Lord. I began to say, Lord, I've come to some of the greatest needs of our entire life. Just because of taking steps of faith. And uh, I didn't even get it out of my mouth. And he quoted to me Hebrews 12. Did I tell you to turn to Hebrews 12? Hebrews 12. He began to quote this to me. And uh, there's a lot more to this than I have time to get to. But notice verse 22. He began to quote this verse. He interrupted me and began to quote. You know, if your wife interrupts you, it's because she don't want to hear it. All the new husbands, let me just give you a revelation. No, he, he interrupted me. The Lord interrupted me and wouldn't let me finish the statement. You, I have come. I'm really saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm blaming this on you. You know, I'm you're taking these steps. I've come to the greatest needs and I'm kind of going, Lord, it's on you. But, but he began, he interrupted me and began to quote this to me. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion. And under the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn that are written in heaven, to the God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He didn't quote all of this, but I'm reading all of this. The new covenant and to the, the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel's. He, he stopped me because I was saying, I've come to the greatest needs. And he said, you are come to some heavenly things. You are come. He wanted me to, he wanted to redirect my focus away from the need and look at what he has brought me to in Christ. Now, if you look closely at all those things, notice that the heavenly Jerusalem, you might say, I'm not there yet. But you notice he said, you come to it. He didn't say you're, you're living there, but you are come to it. In other words, everything that's in the kingdom of God. See, that's the epicenter of the kingdom of God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And everything in the kingdom, you've been brought to it. You are come to the heavenly in Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. Then notice uh, to uh, Mount Zion, excuse me, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's all that city. And then he said, to the second thing he said, the innumerable company of angels. And that's the part he quoted. He quoted that part. He said, you are come unto the heavenly Jerusalem to innumerable company of angels. And he went on from there and said, I have brought you to supply. Are you listening to me? And he wanted to get my focus on the supply. And I have brought you to the body of Christ that are with you, walking in faith with you. Because he goes on and he says, to the spirits of just men made perfect. That's the body of Christ. And he quoted that part to me. He said, I brought you to everything you need. And he didn't want to hear about me talking about what my need was. Well, I stood, I stood rebuked and corrected. I said, yes, Lord. I, in other words, I was taking my prayer life in the direction of the need, and he was taking my focus in the direction of the supply. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, inside of me, there was an emphasis on the angel's part, and he began to talk to me because he said, you are come to an innumerable company of angels. 
And he said, the angels are assigned to assist you in carrying out what you're called to do. I don't expect you to do this alone. And boy, he was straight with me. But how many of you know he's not just talking to me, he's talking to all of us. If God's given you an assignment, then you've come to all that you need. You've got the, everything in the heavenly realm. Everything in the heavenly Jerusalem is yours right now, down here, right now. The angels are yours. The blood that gave, speaks of your redemption is yours. That Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, is yours. And all these things he said, he talks about here the, the body of Christ even. He brought you to people around you to join their faith with you, to bring their, their, their agreement with you. How can we fail? And then he began to talk to me specifically about these angels. And I'm just exhorting you about this in the offering tonight. I'm receiving the offering. Do you know I'm receiving the offering? But these, these angels, he began to talk to me about them. And he said, did you notice that the two times, I hadn't thought about it. The two times that I mentioned, now Jesus, the Bible said that angels, he's, Jesus was seen of angels. Remember that in the book of First Timothy? He was seen of angels. It means he was looked after by angels. From the time he was born, from the time he was born till the day he went up and ascended up, he was looked after by angels. And you have angels assigned to you from the time you were born to the time you're gone from this planet, there are angels assigned to you. What are they there for? Just to, just to say hi every now and then so you could have tea? No, they're there to assist you. And Hebrews 1.14 talks about them being the assisting those who are the heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. And, and Psalm, listen, Psalm 91 verse 11, if you're writing things down, it says that he, in, in, the, in the Amplified, it says this, they, they are there for, uh, to help you in all your ways of obedience and service. Hallelujah. That's what I've come to. I've come to help. I've come to the help of the Holy Ghost and I've come to the help of the angels. Amen. And so the Pastor Nancy ministered to me during camp meeting and she said, you're going to have to have, what, to get into what you're called to do, everything God's telling you to do is going to take you actively commissioning those angels and releasing them all the time. Just always talking about them, always talking about them, always talking about them. Yeah, but I talked about them last week. Talk about them again. Say, speak to them again and, and so forth and so on. You need to read Brother Hagin's book on I Believe in Visions. There's, there's two accounts in there. One of them, uh, chapter 8 maybe, I forget which one. But it was the eighth time, I think, that he saw a vision where Jesus appeared, but there was an angel standing behind Jesus. And if this angel looked like he wanted to talk to him. And Brother Hagin said to, brother, to, 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 brother Hagin said to Jesus, he said, what's this fella here for, you know? And he said, that's your angel. Brother Hagin said, my angel? Yeah. He said, yeah, he's you, just, you, you have an angel. Remember, Jesus said their angel, the children, children's angel is ever present with them if they behold the face of their, each child has an angel. Brother Hagin said, Jesus said, you don't lose your angel because you grow up. You don't lose your angel. How many of you know you didn't lose your angel? He's still going with you everywhere. He's still, he's still with you everywhere you go. And what's he waiting on? He's waiting on your words of faith. And so, boy, I've been beefing up on it just talking about them all the time and you're going to hear me talk about them all the time till you get till, till you get tired of me here hear me talk about it because they've got a lot to get done and we got some help from the other realm and they need to hear our words hallelujah let's stand to our feet what have you come to oh pastor I'm just like you I've come to a lot of needs no you are come 
But notice I didn't finish. Jesus said, the Lord said to me in that experience, he said, you are come to these angels. He said, did you notice that the two times that I mentioned, that the New Testament mentions that the angels were assisting me was whenever I transitioned from, uh, you know, when I transitioned into my earthly ministry and the Holy Ghost came on him to minister. And the second time is when he went from uh, ministry to the cross. Two times that the Bible says angels showed up and ministered to him. And Jesus said to me, do you notice both of those times? This is in this experience back here in June. Do you notice both of those times were t- times of transition in Jesus' ministry? In Jesus' life? I said, I never thought about that. He said, he said that, that they helped me at other times. But he said, the, the Holy Ghost saw fit to emphasize them helping you in transition times. Well, we're in transition time, and the Holy Ghost sees fit to emphasize angels right now. Emphasize angels right now. We're going to see some miracles, 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 that there's no explanation for it other than an angel helped to get that done right there. Yeah, glory. It's time for miracles. Israel got into everything they got into in the land of Canaan because of the ministry of angels. I could take you through verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse. There's, 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 there's dozens of verses about the angels helping them get in. And, and they're, they're the same today. They're assisting us to get into what God's called us to get into. Praise the Lord. I'm calling for some agreement on this. Spirit of Faith Family Church, agree with us together for the ministry, the full manifestation of the ministry of angels. Hallelujah. In that vision Brother Hagin had, he said, Jesus said, that's your angel. And he, he shared the word with him and to get Brother Hagin on board with it because he had never thought about that. But anyways, he said, now look to him and, and respond to him. And, he'll and he looked to him and he said, I'm set from the throne of God to tell you. And he gave him some direction about a certain amount of money that he would have by a certain time to do his own recordings. And not turn it over to somebody else. The angel actually warned him, don't turn it over to somebody else. Because they have ulterior motives. And he gave him some direction and assisted him in his finances. Praise the Lord. Well, that's sure help. Father, we thank you for the ministering spirits. We thank you for their assistance. We thank you we're not alone. Hallelujah. Thank you. We've come to an innumerable company of angels. We thank you, Father, for their activity. We thank you, Father, they're preparing our way ahead of us. They're, they're assisting us in all our ways of obedience, in service, in the ministry, in the assignment on our lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, it'll all come to pass. Everything you've spoken, it'll all come to pass. And angels, you're assisting us. You go and you help us and bring the will of God to pass. Bring the, the, uh, situate the, the, the opportunities in buildings, the opportunities in business deals. We thank you for it, Father. In every person's life here tonight, I thank you, angels, assist them in getting the job done to assist the work of God they're called to help us with. In the name of Jesus, go ministering spirit and cause it all to come to pass in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. 
We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. You know, God can use angels to help build the ministry he once built in a city. You know, he talked to a man named Cornelius, told him where to go to, to get saved. Angels can't preach the gospel, but they can tell you people where to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, we, we just need to stir it. We need to build our faith in this area a little bit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Go ahead, ushers. the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go in our Bibles. Did you bring your Bible tonight? You didn't bring a Reader's Digest or something carnal, did you? You didn't bring a news report to go over, did you? Ain't no good news out there but the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. So if you brought your Bible, go with me. I believe a good place to start would be over to uh, Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, and everybody's going to get something tonight say Amen. Matthew chapter number 14. Anybody ever read the story of Peter walking on the water? We're going to get something out of this. God's got something for us. If you're hungry for it, you'll get it. If not, I'll get it back and take it home with me. It is so good to see you. I haven't had a chance to pick on you for a while, so I'm just picking on you a little bit. Of course, that's your love language, right? You like that. <laughs> Somebody laugh. But anyway, Matthew 14. Look at verse number 30. You know the story of Peter walking on the water. There's a lot to this the Lord said to me. He was talking to me about it on vacation. I'm just going to preach out of my own life a little bit. Is that all right? Um, but, um, and then I don't have time to get into all the details in my own life, but I want to take the principles of this and share on this tonight. Um, you know, whenever Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, he said, it's the spirit. And they cried out for fear. And uh, down verse 26, that we'd say it's a ghost. And so he said, it's, it's I, be of good cheer, be not afraid. Peter answered and said unto him, verse 28, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. This was not Jesus' idea. This was Peter's idea. Jesus didn't initiate this walk of faith. You know, you can get into faith for three reasons. Number one, out of sheer necessity, it's either faith or die. Or faith or go under. And you choose faith. <laughs> not everybody does, but you can choose. You can, that can be an incentive to get into faith. Number two, you can get into faith just simply because um, you, you see what the Word says. This wasn't something that Peter saw something in the Word and said, I want to stand on that. Uh, you, you can have faith because uh, God sets something before you that, God, that He uh, talks to you about and invites you out into. Either through written, the written Word being revealed to you or the Spirit of God speaks to you. 
That's happened with our home where we're living right now. We had it in our heart that eventually we were going to build there, but we didn't know when. And there was an opportunity to go a different direction for maybe, I, I looked in some notes when I was on vacation, maybe it would probably take us about 10 years to get around to then building the house if we went another direction. And my wife and I are talking about it because how many of you know if you're going to do it together with your spouse, you're going to be in agreement. I got a lot to cover tonight, so I'm going to go real fast, real fast, real fast. We're with you. So we're talking to get in agreement, yeah. make sure we're in agreement. I'm not trying to push her in agreement. I'm, she's not trying to push me in agreement. We're just saying, where's your heart? What's the, you know, we're, we're talking this out. Getting in, I mean, when you, once we get in agreement, there ain't no coming out of the agreement and it's going to come to pass. But we got to decide, do we go this way, which might take about 10 years to get around to building our house? Yeah. Or are we going to go ahead and jump into it now? And through a process of talking that through and so forth and so on, we came to the decision, we're going to do it now. Yeah. We're going to do it now. So, so once we locked into that, we locked into agreement. Well, about, uh, I didn't plan on saying all this, Lord Jesus. Um, but about 89% of the way into building the house, we ran out of money. And so I'm going to God. And, I, and I, now listen to me. Don't you look at me down your long, snooty religious nose. I started getting into, I started wavering. Because there's three reasons you can get into faith. Let me finish that. Number one, just out of sincere necessity. I mean, you know, you can either believe God or die. That's an incentive to get into faith. Not everybody does, but it does help you. <laughs> God doesn't do that to get you into faith. But number two, you can get into faith because God offers you something. Whether it's in the Word, you see that He has offered you something. And He says, this is yours and you can have it if you want it. I'm talking about something that He initiates. Peter's not walking on the water because Jesus initiated this. He, this was Peter's idea. If it's you, bid me come. He initiated that and Jesus said, come on, boy. I like your faith. Come on, step on out. So the third reason you can get into faith is just because you have a desire. Listen, it's a holy desire. Are you still with me? You have a desire in your heart for something. Psalm, 73, Psalm 37, 4 says, if you uh, delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So the third reason you can get into faith is because you have a desire for something. In line with the word, you understand, and then you step out to obtain it. That was the third reason. That third reason was why Peter got into what he got into walking on the water. But do you know that if you do something for that third reason, which was why we built our house and didn't go, didn't go the other route to come back to it about 10 years later, I'm getting to something that'll help you greatly. When, when you do something out of your own desire and you launch out and you know where you're at in faith, it's within your measure of faith and you, you're in agreement and it's something holy, it's not going to pull you off the plan of God. You've prayed those things out. You're not, you're not, nothing's, nothing's bothering you in your conscience about it. It seems good. If it's okay with, if it's okay with us, it'd be okay with God. You know, some things he won't tell you, this is what I want you to do. Some things will say, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. Not everything, but some things he'll let you do what you want to do. Because some things don't, that don't matter that much. Other things do, and he'll say, I don't want you to do, it, do that. So you got to work these things through in your own prayer life. And we worked that through. I knew, I sensed it wouldn't pull us off the plan of God. That was the big thing for me. I didn't want to be pulled off the plan of God. That was the big one. But I got all that settled. My wife and I settled it. We got into agreement. We decided now's the time. Not because God said something, but because we decided that, that we're in the, God said was leaving it up to us. And uh, we decided now's the time. So we went forward. Well, you run it, get 89% get into it. You start running out of money and the, and the thoughts come. Boy, maybe we made the wrong decision. If we just had maybe done the other, gone the other route. And boy, the thoughts started coming. Yeah. That's part of the reason why Peter started sinking. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
is because he didn't have, he didn't, he, it was his idea to get out there and he was probably thinking, why did I do this? It's, it's fine back in the boat. I didn't plan on getting in all that. But in situations like that, like Peter was in, in this situation, notice he started sinking when he saw the wind boisterous. Any faith people in here? Is this spirit of, is this still spirit of faith family church? Are you still one of those wild faith people? You're not okay with life the way it is. There's something better ahead if you reach for it. I don't, it, it could be your healing. It could be walking without a limp. It could be having no pain. It could be whatever. And so, but Peter, he gets out there and I'm sure there were things that, that started coming to him like, why did you do this? You, you, this was your idea. Jesus didn't invite you out here. He said, come after you, you brought it up, but you're the one that brought it up. Why'd you bring it up? Dumb, dumb. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Don't talk so much. Amen. Amen. He gets out there, and I'm sure those thoughts coming to him were that were an additional reason why he gave in to doubt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, notice Jesus said he caught him because he began to sink. Remember that? And uh, look at verse number 30. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When he was coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Now, notice that Jesus asked him a question. Why did you doubt? Are you still out there? One of the things I was talking to my wife about in vacation is uh, about some additional things. You know, just spend a lot of time because I said the Lord just didn't seem to want me to pray about everything else in the ministry. He just wanted to minister to us. So where are we at in life? Where are we at in some of these decisions? My wife and I are talking some of these things through. And in the process of making some financial decisions, I started talking to her about what the Lord said to us. It was at the beginning of this year about pay close attention to the Holy Ghost, the witness of the Spirit, because there's some things coming in the world out there. Somebody said, when's it coming? I don't know. Next five years? I don't know. But there's some stuff. Yes, sir. So I said, you know, what about some of these decisions in light of what the Lord said to us about make sure and be real conscious of what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Amen. I mean, it's not, it's not okay just to forget all of that. You got you to gotta have what the Lord says to you about all that involved in the decision making pro- and in your prayer life and so forth and so on. And so, um, and so there were some decisions we were getting ready. To, I was talking to her about making and you know, at one point she was wanting to do it, and then I wasn't, and then, and then I was wanting to do it later on. I was wanting to do it, and then she wasn't wanting to do it. And we never were both on the same page. And it was just fine. I mean, that, you know, we, we want to both be on the same page. But, but, um, but anyway, so we were talking about that. And I went to the Lord, and I said, because remember whenever I said that we started running out of money and we were building the house. This is not about financial prosperity tonight. It's about wavering. Yes, sir. That's what, pre- that's what tonight's about. It's about wavering. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, once you launch out, commit yourself. Yes, sir. And so I, I said to, I said to, back there whenever I was, uh, you know, we were 70, I, I don't know, 80, 90% of the house was built and we started running out of money. And I started wavering. Anybody else ever done that? Yes. If I just hadn't, maybe we, maybe we didn't make the right decision. Maybe we weren't there in faith. But I had already prayed all that through. I had yes, talked to the Lord. Is this within our measure of faith? Yeah. Now, it was at the tippy top of our measure of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But it was within our measure of faith. Yes, 
And so I said, is this within our measure? And so anyway, and, and, and I'm, for, for about a week to 10 days during that time when I could see the money going down to nothing, for about a week to 10 days, I'm wavering. Yeah. You know, when you're real busy, like an extra project, like building a house, you could not have a lot of time, yeah. extra time praying, and you could, if you're not careful, get weak in faith and so forth and so on. And I'm wavering. I'm starting to waver on something. The Bible said, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. But here I am starting to cast it away. Well, then I started thinking, well, you're already this far. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, sometimes unbelief isn't even rational. But I'm wavering and I'm going back and forth. Remember the Bible says let, in James chapter number one, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives all men liberally and upbraideth not and it'll be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing what? Wavering. Nothing wavering, nothing vacillating, not, not going back and forth between faith and doubt and, and between opinions of whether you should have done it or not. I mean, if, you got a, if you're in that third category where God said it's your delight, I'm going to let you step out into it, but it was you that brought it up. And some, it starts, something starts, you know, opposition starts coming. You, there's extra things you've got to deal with. Yes, yes. Listen to me. Yes, Listen to me very carefully. Yes, and so that's where I was. Extra pressure coming against me. Maybe I shouldn't have made this decision. Maybe we shouldn't have made it. Maybe we missed it. Maybe, we, and all that. And I never, I'm on a week or 10 days, I'm going through that. And I'll never forget, the Lord spoke to me one day. And he said this. He said, he, and he just nailed me. Now, how many of you know the Lord has a way of nailing you? Not in a mean way, I mean, but he has a way of just pointing out, putting yourself out to you. And he just nailed me. He said, well, unbelief isn't going to work. I thought, that sure isn't going to, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just in unbelief. That ain't going to work. I'm going to get into something that's going to work. So I said, that's it. I see it. I see it. I've been wavering on this. And I cut, I cut doubt and wavering off at the knees. Uh, boy, if I can get into that tonight, I'll show you that verse. Amen. I cut it off at the knees. And I said, that's it. Devil, you're a liar. We decided and we're, we settled it and it's final. Woo, the money's coming. And it started coming. And we finished. Hallelujah. What was he trying to do? He's trying to get me to put a no on something we had already said yes to that God said it's fine with me if that's what you want. It won't pull you out of the plan. Yeah. Yes, Amen. Amen. He's trying to get us to change that. Because if we change that, then he can get into it and start messing with it. Amen. So anyway, we were talking about some things and some decisions we were making on vacation, talking about some financial decisions we were making. I said, but what about, you know, and, 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 and the Lord said to me, because I, I can't get into it all. I don't want to. I, there's some things I'd just rather not per, keep, divulge our own personal business, just like you don't want to divulge it to me, right? This is, some things aren't important. But, but the Lord showed me on vacation, because we were discussing possibly going a certain direction financially, and the Lord took me back to all that that, that I had gone through, and I just told you. And he said, I told you, don't waver. If you've made a decision, stick with it. Come on. And he said, what you're talking about right now is wavering. All right, all right. Wow. wow. I, I told her, as, as soon as I got to Pastor Debbie the next morning, I said, this is what the Lord, she said, I'm in. I said, I'm in too. Yeah. Uh, Woo, glory. Yeah. It, our heart is fixed. Yes. Trusting in the Lord. If I could explain it all, you'd really understand it. But I'm just not a, I don't want to tell you all my business, right? Praise the Lord. 
So we're learning not to waver. Peter, Jesus asked Peter, wherefore did you doubt? That's a question. We need to answer that question. You know why he's asking that question? Not because Jesus is asking that question. Not because he didn't know what the reason was. Because he's trying to get Peter to examine why he did it so he don't do it anymore. There's reasons we waver. And in Peter's case, it's because of what he was looking at. Amen. And that's what the Lord showed me on vacation. Because of what you're looking at, you're discussing giving up something that I blessed you with. He said, that's wavering. Get your eyes off of that. Get your eyes on what I said. And get your eyes and stay with the decision you made. Glory. I said glory. Praise the Lord. So he wanted to, Jesus didn't ask him, why'd you doubt? Because Jesus didn't know. He, asked, he wanted Peter to answer that question within himself so he knew what opened the door to failure. We don't want to open the door to failure. Tell your neighbor, wavering is opening the door to failure. There are things you've already laid hold of. Don't give up up. Don't let the devil get you, talk you out of them. If you, if, now, if you didn't settle it before you entered into it, then you've got nothing to stand on to avoid wavering. If you look at this, um, remember the Bible talks about in the 8th chapter. Go over to the 8th chapter of Luke, for example. Let's just look at something here. The 8th chapter of Luke is whenever Jesus was telling Peter he's going to deny him. And uh, the 8th chapter of Luke, we, we read this in verse number 25. Are you still here tonight? Yes, Luke 8, 25, Jesus is talking to Peter about all this, that he's getting ready to deny him and so forth. But he said in verse 25, uh, nah, why am I, no, I'm in Mark, that's why. That's why it's not looking like Luke 8. Luke 8, verse number 25, he said unto them, where is your faith? Now, this is when they were going across the water in the boat. Remember, go back to verse 22. And it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. And then the storm came up. Jesus fell asleep, you remember. The storm came up. And, and there they came to Jesus. Let's just read a couple more verses here. Uh, verse 24. They came and woke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Notice, notice they change what they're believing. First they believe they're going to the other side. Now they're believing they're perishing. He said, uh, they came and said, Master, Master, uh, uh, we perish. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? That's a question. That needs to be answered. You and I need to answer that question. If we settled something and we decided either the Lord spoke to us or we've got a desire in our heart and we have a scripture for it and we're going to launch out into it. We've prayed it through. It seems good to God and he's letting it up to us. You know, you got you to work through those kind of things. Peter was in that case. He, he, he invited himself out there. <laughs> now, Jesus wasn't opposed to it because he said, come. But right on the other hand, it, Jesus didn't initiate that. He initiated that. And when you're in that level of faith, you got to know there's things going to come against you. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I'm making any sense tonight. 
And so I've had people tell me God told me to, to not do this operation or something like that or not do this medication. Fine yep. if that's what God said. Yes. But just know you're going to encounter some things that you would not have encountered yeah, so true. going a different direction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. You understand? That's, if God said that, who's, who am I to say God didn't say that? Yes, sir. Right. So, but, um, so here's, here's Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Notice they launched forth based on his instructions that this is what we're supposed to do. Jesus is being led of the Spirit. You get over there and you find out he ministered to some people over there. He's being led of the Spirit to do this. And so this is, they're in the will of God. They're not out of the will of God. You can get into storms because you're out of the will of God. But here's a storm because they got into the will of God. The devil's trying to oppose them really whenever they get over there. I, I believe it was that demon in that man over there that he eventually cast the devil out of that caused that storm whenever he's coming over there. You know, he'll oppose you getting into what God has for you. And getting to certain people to, to minister to them and set them free. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So, but Jesus is, uh, they're in the will of God, all of them, they're with him. He's in the will of God, so they're in the will of God. They're supposed to be there. And so they launch forth, and everything's fine until circumstances arise and, 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 and opposition arises. And then they're like, we're perishing, we're perishing. Jesus calmed the storm and said, where is your faith? In other words, where is the faith you started out with? Where did that go? Oh, somebody's being challenged here tonight. Somebody gave something up and God's saying, where's your faith? Yes, that's right. That's right. I don't care how much time has passed. Honey, God's word is timeless. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach myself happy tonight. Where is your faith? Where is the excitement, the joy, the, 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 the absolute settledness about this is the will of God? Basically, I'll tell you what, he's been, he's, <laughs> I've gone to the Lord so many times. Did I hear right about starting another church? I mean, am I, are you sure? Did I, did I miss something? Okay, you said something else and I missed it. I, <laughs> you were speaking in Spanish and I understand English. Something, <laughs> something. Did I miss something? And he basically in vacation, he's telling me, I'm tired of you coming to me All about right. it. All right. Just obey me. Yes, yes sir. Yep. Amen. See, that gets to be wavering after a while. Oh, excited at first, but then, uh... An airplane, uh, another house, uh, another building, uh, a pilot, hiring a pilot, uh, need twice the staff. Uh, he said, you are come. Where is your faith? It's all excited about it when, we, when the first Lord first said something about it. Still excited about it. Tell your neighbor, I'm still excited about it. Excited. Hallelujah. Spirit of Faith Family Church Cedar Rapids is having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> excited about it. Yeah. Get ready to burp some people and change some diapers. And <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. We're just having a little fun as we go. So that question needs to be asked. Where is your faith? I hear the Spirit of God saying that to some of us tonight. Where's your faith? In other words, cut the doubting, the wavering, the halting, the hesitation, the, the questioning. Cut it off at the knees. Go to Job's, uh, the book of Job. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. 
go to the book of Job, and uh, I think it's chapter number 42. Let me find this. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God's faithful. Tell your neighbor, God is faithful. I don't care how much doubt comes to you, God is faithful. You're getting to the other side. I tell your neighbor, you're getting to the other side. Now, um, in the book of Job, no, that's not it. It's not Job. Where is this, Lord? You need to help me here. I, I got, got this scripture in my heart, and I'm, I'm going to have to find where it is. Um, while I'm talking, uh, say this again. I am going on to the other side. I'm going all the way to the other side. Job twenty two twenty eight. Anybody ever heard of Job twenty two twenty eight? Now, there's more to Job twenty two twenty eight than I ever thought there was. Look at this. King James just says, Job twenty two twenty eight. He said, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy way. You know you have a right to say it, and it'll come to pass. But you got to plant your flag. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. That, that? That saying needs to have a flag planted that you never move from. I said it, it'll come to pass. And I'm going to stick with what I said. I'm not going to waver about what I said. I'm not going to change my mind later about what I said. That's why Pastor Debbie and I don't launch into faith projects quickly and make sure we've got it all talked through between ourselves and get into agreement. Because once we get into agreement, it's done. So we take some time sometimes to make sure we're in agreement. Make sure we've heard from God. Make sure it's right. Because the, the Lord does not like wavering. That displeases him. The Bible said that man won't receive anything from the Lord. I'm helping myself. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. Uh, thou shalt decree a thing, and it will be established unto thee, and the light will shine on thy way. Listen to the Amplified. It says, thou shalt also decide and decree a thing. Yes. Now, that's powerful right there. The Hebrew word for decree means, listen to this. This is where I got this, cut this doubt off at the knees. The Hebrew word for decree is to cut down, to cut off, to destroy. Thou shalt cut it down, cut it off, and destroy. That's what you need to do with doubt. You need to say it and cut off doubt. I'm talking about say what you believe. Say what you're taking your stand of faith in. And cut doubt off at the knees. Cut wavering off at the knees. Glory be to God. Unbelief won't work. That's what the Lord said to me. And he's saying that to all of us tonight. Unbelief will not work. So um, the, 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 he's talking about cutting off the indecision. You got to come to the, notice the Amplified says, decide and decree. You got to come to a place, you decide the word of God is true. This is what it says. This is what I believe. This is the way it's going to be. And I'm planting my flag. And it's not going to change. I'm not going to waver. I'm standing my ground. Come hell or high water, the thing gets worse. It looks like it's going the opposite direction. I have made, I cut it off. I cut off doubt and wavering. I have decided because I have decreed. 
and it will come to pass. That's the way you got to get. Praise the Lord. You got to cut off the indecision, the wavering, the questions, the discussion. You, there comes a point you stop discussing it. Now, you might have to discuss it with your spouse to get in agreement, make sure you're in agreement. But there comes a point you settle it. You ever heard that verse, decide? Colossians 3.16 talks about deciding and settling with finality. All questions that arise in your mind by that peace. So whenever you just know what you have peace about, you know within your, your measure of faith, you know what, what God's telling you to do, or you know you're within the will of God to, to, to launch into a desire you have in your heart. You know you prayed it out. You know he's saying it's okay. It's fine with me if it's fine with you. If that's what you want, I, I'll let you do that. Once you settle that, once you decide that, or once you have peace about it, and you have the, the witness of the Spirit, you have the Word of God, so forth and so on, then you got to decide and settle with finality. Finality means no more questions, no more debate, no more discussion, no more wavering, no more, well, yeah, but what if? No, you've already decided. Don't do that until you decide. Listen, no decision is a good decision unless it's something you will never change from. When you got married, the devil sometimes will tell you, oh, if you hadn't married this one. We all know what we're talking about. Just look straight ahead. You decided and you settled it. You know, you need to start answering those thoughts or the devil will beat you up. And he'll eat your marriage alive. Yes, sir. That's, no, that, that's not a time. After your marriage, not a time to decide. Time. You already decided. And it needs to be decided and settled with finality. Yes, sir. Takes two to do that. You understand. But, but I'm talking about your side. So uh, he's talking about cutting all that off. And say this is the way it's going to be. Cut off doubt at the knees and destroy it and make a stand on God's word. Dr. Summerall said you make decisions and decisions make you. That's what you got to do. You got to make some decisions and decide that's, that I'm not changing from what I decided. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, one translation. You remember Mark eleven twenty three? Anybody remember Mark eleven twenty three? It said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Yes, Notice, shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt, say that out loud. Shall not doubt in his heart. Now listen to the, I think it's the Johnson translation. Johnson, is it? Johnson translation. For instead of saying, shall not doubt in his heart, it says, does not become separated from the statement he makes. That's what the devil's trying to get you to do. You said it. You, you found it in God's word. You established it in your heart. Because remember the Bible said, Thy word, uh, my heart is fixed, Lord. My heart is fixed. You settled it. You decided it. And you said it. And then he said, don't doubt in your heart. In other words, that's already settled. Don't become, Johnson says, don't become separated from the statement you made. What does that mean? That means that that reveals Satan's strategy against your stand of faith. Amen. He's trying to separate you from your faith. I said he's trying to separate you from your faith. Now go over to the the 22nd chapter of Luke. 
This is where Jesus was talking to Peter. I, I began to say this earlier, and I, I went to a different verse. But remember, Jesus said to Peter, you're going to deny me? So when you look at that closely, look at verse number 31, Luke 22, verse number 31. Anybody getting any help tonight? Praise the Lord. Say this out loud. My heart is fixed. Amen. You got to say something and stick with it. Luke 22, verse number 31. This is Jesus talking to Peter about denying him and so forth. And he said, Simon, Simon, behold, verse 31, Satan has desired to have thee that he might sift thee as wheat. But I've prayed for thee that that, that thy faith fail not. Faith doesn't fail, but he said that thou cast not away your confidence is what he's saying. No, no faith can fail because if it's built on God's word, it, God's word can't fail. If for faith to fail, God's word would have to fail. All right, all right. So he's not talking about sometimes faith works and sometimes faith doesn't. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about casting away his confidence. I've prayed for you that you not cast away your confidence. That's another way of saying it. So that you not give up your faith or, or you fail to stay in faith. So I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Okay. Note Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Satan was trying to sift Peter from his divine connection and from his place in the body and from what God had, the plan that God had for him. He was very strategic in the transition from Jesus being here to the church age. Yes. He was, he was very strategic. He's the one, he's the leader of the, of the church in the, after Jesus left. So that's one thing. He's, he, Satan is trying to sift Peter. But notice, he's, he's not just trying to sift Peter because Jesus said, I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He's trying to sift Peter's faith from, uh, excuse me, Peter's, yeah, he's trying to sift Peter's faith yeah. from him. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. And what was he do? what was the term Jesus used? He's trying to sift his faith. Have you ever, you ever seen uh, archaeologists, they go over to Jerusalem or whatever, or sometimes they'll do it here, American Indian artifacts, they'll, they'll, they'll dig a shovel of dirt and they'll put it in this screen that has just a, like, a, like, a, like a screen in your house or something, and they'll, they'll sift that. They're looking for little fragments of artifacts, maybe a piece of bone or something, or a piece of pottery. And, and to get that dirt, see, dirt's finer than the little artifact, whatever that might be in there. To get that dirt to go through, they, they sift that back and forth. What's that doing? The smaller particles will fall through. And Jesus used that term to describe what Satan's, Satan's trying to do with Peter's faith. Now, what is sifting? Sifting is, listen very carefully. This is going to be key tonight. Sifting is moving things around, shaking things to separate. Isn't that what sifting is? Uh, sifting is? They're moving that screen around, shaking it in order to separate the dirt from the artifacts. And that's what Satan does to try to, to separate you from your faith. To just move things around, shake things around. All kinds of upheaval, all kinds of opposition, all kinds of demonic attacks, all kinds of thoughts against your mind, all kinds of bombardments against your mind. He's, and things are moving, things are shaking. And, and, and what's he trying to do? Trying to separate you from your faith. Know what he's doing and don't fall for it anymore. You can get to looking at bad reports on the news and go, no way am I going to launch out right now and finances on anything. That's, that's what he's doing. He's shifting things. He's looking at all the shit. Trying to get you to look at all the shifting out there. What's the Holy Ghost telling you to do? 
Well, he's telling me this because the news says that. No, that's not the Holy. The news is not the Holy Ghost. Right, right, right. <laughs> Ringy dingy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> now, so with that in mind, he's trying to separate Peter from his faith. Isn't that right? He's trying to separate him from his connection to the body of Christ, connection to Jesus, connection to the plan. But he's trying to separate him from his faith. Right? Why? Because Satan always wants to strip you of your faith. He's after your faith. Faith is his defeat. Your faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Faith is his defeat. Uh, you say, is this a faith church? Well, what else do you want? A, a, an unbelief church? Of course this is a faith church. You can't please God without faith. You can't, you can't really live, live for God without faith. Amen. He hates, I'm talking about Satan. Satan hates faith. And he wants to strip you of it. And he wants, the Bible says, don't cast away your confidence. Why would it say that? Because there's going to be temptation to cast it away. There's going to be temptation to let go of some things you grabbed onto. And he'll use different strategies. He'll use offense. He'll use all kinds of things to get you separated from your faith and to, to let go of things. But, but we're getting good at not letting these things happen. Look at your neighbor and say, he just gave you a compliment. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this. Hallelujah. Now, um, to, to finish this off tonight, there's, there's more than I had. We don't have time to get into all this. Sometimes, sometimes people believe in divine healing and believe they receive until everything gets worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes people start out all joyful and then they get into the opposition and they become anxious. And I can almost hear, almost hear Jesus saying, where's your faith? Yeah. That faith you started out with, that joy, woohoo, glory, yeah. Sharamada <laughs> biki And then the test hits, you're like, oh, Jesus, what? I didn't sign up for this. Where, where's your faith? Faith doesn't mean you won't have tests and trials, it means you always triumph over them if you don't quit. If you don't quit, tell your neighbor, I'm not a quitter. <clears throat> Praise God. But so sometimes people believe in divine healing for a while. Uh, and uh, then they, whenever things don't turn out the way, you know, by, by next Tuesday, don't turn out the way they thought it should. Well, I thought I was believing God. You ain't never encountered devils until you started believing God. You thought you were a humdinger until you start believing God. Then stuff's going to come after you. And don't get, let the devil tell you you must be doing something wrong. You're doing something right. He's just trying. He's shifting. He's shaking. See if he can get you to separate from your faith. Hallelujah. I'm helping myself tonight. Many hear the word, but they stop short of acting on it. Or they act on it until stuff starts going down. And then they're like, well, I don't know about that faith stuff. Those are thoughts that you took that stripped you of your faith. Amen. So are you getting any help tonight? Do you know that the word, the word in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, shall not doubt in his heart. 
is the same word translated uh, waver in James. Shall not, shall not doubt in his heart, Mark eleven twenty three. And over in James 1, it says, uh, let him ask nothing wavering. It means nothing doubting. If you look it up, it means to differ. The word doubt or waver means to differ. It means to, uh, let's see if I've got this right in front of me. It means to vacillate, to show indecision, to become unsteady, to sway to and fro. That's what he said don't do. Don't go back on the decision you made to believe God. Did God change? Did his word change? Was he faithful at the beginning, but he's not faithful now? What we've got to talk about before we close tonight is we've got to talk about God's faithfulness. Is he faithful to his word? Did he say it? Will he do it? Has he spoken? Will it come to pass? That's a, I'm quoting an Old Testament verse. Let's talk a little bit before we close tonight about uh, his faithfulness. I believe that's one thing that Satan wants to strip you of is your confidence in his faithfulness. Go over to Hebrews chapter number 11. And uh, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter number 11 is a very, very wonderful chapter. Everybody that's got a verse in there <laughs> or a couple of verses in there, they're being complimented for their faith. And so we want to look at these people because God put them in his hall of fame. Look at verse number 11. He's got a woman in there. Woo, do any women have faith? We got any faith women in the house? Oh, watch out for a faith woman. I'm telling you what. Ain't no woman like a faith woman. She's meaner than a grizzly bear when you're coming for her cubs. Yes, she is. God likes women's faith. I like women's faith. I like men's faith too, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just fun watching a woman get on the, jump on the, uh, the, the jump on the devil in the sickness or something like that. The, the devil jumps on their baby. Woo, watch out. I don't want to be that June bug. That duck, that duck jumped on that June bug. He's done. So he's got a couple of women in here, several women in here. Um, look at the verse number 11, Hebrews 11, verse number 11. Through faith also Sarah herself. Notice Abraham is not mentioned here. This is Sarah herself. <laughs> Through faith, Sarah herself. Oh, come on, woman. woman. Sing, single woman. I just need a man. How about you yourself? No man wants to marry a needy woman. How about you yourself? And then, honey, look, honey shows up too. Well, come on in too. But, but, but I was doing fine by myself. A lot of men like a woman that she's strong in herself. She's strong in the Lord, but she's strong in the Lord by herself without a man saying, oh, come on, honey, you can do it. I like a strong woman's faith, man, I'm telling you. Okay, you're, you're, you're distracting me. Behave out there. <laughs> Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child. I've always thought that was interesting. Usually most women deliver a child. Sarah was delivered of a child. 
I don't know if you got that or not. <laughs> oh, Jesus, set me free from this baby. <laughs> she was delivered of a child when she was past age. You remember how she hadn't been able to conceive as a young woman, and then now she's elderly, and she, Jesus, God said she was going to have a child, and she did. But she received strength to, to do this in her body. In other words, her body was past the age of childbearing, and her body received strength because of her faith. Through faith, Sarah. Did you see that? She received, strength, uh, she received strength to conceive seed. It was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. My, my, my. One of the foundational pillars under a strong, vibrant faith is the belief that God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm telling you, if he put it in your heart, if he gave you his word, listen to me. If he invites you to come out into it, or you just had a desire like the third thing I talked about, and you launched into it, you got it all worked out between you and God. God said, well, you can do it either way. Either way is fine with me. And you launch into it. Is he faithful to get you through to the other side? Is he faithful? That's one of the pillars under a strong, vibrant faith is the belief God is faithful. Hallelujah. You have to get that truth established in your heart and mind real firm if you're going to ever succeed in faith and if you're going to ever stop, you're going to ever cut off wavering. Amen. Amen. But what do you mean faithful? I mean, faithful to what? What's God faithful to? I mean, is he faithful to, well, he's faithful to himself. He's faithful to his nature. He's a good God. He's a love God. He's faithful to that. He won't violate that nature towards you. He's faithful to his word. But he's also faithful to his, to, to, he's also faithful to you. That's what you need to get real strong in as well. He's faithful to you. Well, that's another way of saying he's faithful to do what he said in his word he would do for you. He's faithful to his love towards you, right? But, but don't leave out the fact he's faithful to you. How many of you know whenever you seek him, if you're in a time of need, a time of test, time of opposition, he's faithful. If you seek him, you'll find him. If you, if you look for the answer, he's faithful to show you the answer. He's on your side. He's not against you. He's good. Yeah, but I messed up. First John 1 John 1.9, if any man, you know, confess, he, uh, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's what? He's faithful, faithful and just. Faithful, faithful. He doesn't forget his faithfulness because you failed. He doesn't stop being faithful because you failed. The Bible said in one verse in 1 Timothy, if we, if we believe not, he's faithful, he cannot deny himself. People say, he's not the healer. That doesn't make him not the healer. He can't deny who he is. He's faithful to be their healer, even when they say he's not the healer. Now, their unbelief might cut it off from them having it, but that doesn't stop him from being who he is. He's faithful to who he is. Ah, now we went ahead and started preaching. But he's faithful to all that. He's faithful to you. He'll never do you wrong. He'll, he'll always handle everything that concerns you righteously. A lot of times when we read the word righteous, God is righteous. He's the righteous judge of all the earth, so forth and so on. We, we kind of glaze over and it's a biblical word righteous. So we, we don't know what that is. Take the chus off of it. 
Righteous. Take the chus. He's right. He's right in all the ways he handles everything. He's right in the way he's handling you right now. He's, he's right in the way he's dealing with you. He's right in the way he's, he's, he's being faithful to you right now. He's not been ever unfaithful. He has been faithful to you in the past. He's being faithful to you right now. He will never be anything but faithful to you. Right and he'll always, he'll always be right in his handling with you. So um, that, uh, the thing the Bible says here um, about Sarah. Do you notice this? Sarah has her own verse in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Wow. I want to meet her when I go to heaven, don't you? Now, here's what puts Sarah in this chapter. If you read this carefully, here's what God wants you and I to get out of her story. How many of you ever noticed God's Word is God talking to us? This isn't just a nice story that you can read your children when you go to bed. It's a good story for your children. I don't mean that. But I'm, I'm simply saying, this is, a, this is God saying something to you. So the reason she's in the book, she's in the Hall of Fame, is because, and this is what God wants you and I to get, is that you receive if you judge God faithful. Notice that. She received through faith all Sarah herself received. She received. Only people who count him faithful receive. In other words, people that waver and say, I don't think he's faithful. I don't think he heard me. I don't think he's, he's going to come through with what he said in his word. They don't receive. That's what James 1 said. The man that wavers, don't let him think he'll receive anything of the Lord. This is good preaching tonight. So um, she received because she judged God faithful. <clears throat> he wants you to know that in your life that you can receive. Because this is an impossible situation for her. In the natural, this is impossible. But he's saying, I want you to know, you can have impossible situations happen for you if you count him faithful. If you count him faithful. If you don't move away from the fact he's faithful who promised. He's faithful. He said it. He will do it. Hallelujah. So notice uh, he said that she judged God faithful. How do you judge God? Well, how do you judge other people? If I said, if I say, if I go home tonight and say, you know, go home to my wife and say, you know, Leanne parted her hair on the other side. I don't think she should have done that. It doesn't look as good. I just judged her. How did I do it? I, I said something. Right? Now that's a trivial little thing. But, but you know what? You go home and you talk about people, criticize people. You just judge them. That's how you judge them with your mouth. How do you judge God faithful? You say, Father, you're faithful. You don't say, where have you been? I've been going through all this. Where's God? Where's God? When I went through all that, where were you? God, you weren't there for me. and You, you weren't faithful. No man in this life or the life to come will be able to point their finger in God's face and say, you were not true to your word. No, no one. No one. Now, you can almost sometimes be ready to swear God's, God's been unfaithful because it seems that way. Sometimes it seems that way. You know what I'm talking about? But if, I, if it seems God's been unfaithful, that's because, not because he's been unfaithful, it's because our seamer isn't working. If it looks like God's been unfaithful, it's not because he's been unfaithful, it's because our looker's not working. 
Yeah, come on. Is God faithful? Oh, if we could take, I'm out of time, but if we could go to all the verses. But you, it's not enough for him to be faithful. You have to judge him faithful. I don't want to judge God. You better judge God. Everybody on the planet today is judging God. Some are judging that he doesn't even exist. Does that mean he doesn't exist? Nope. He exists. They just judged him as not existing. You can judge him as not faithful. Does that mean he's not? No. That just means you judged him as not faithful. You just decided what you're going to receive. Listen, when things don't work out the way you thought or in the timeline you thought, don't look at God and say, where were you? <laughs> Listen to me. Somebody said, what if I'm believing God and I die and go to heaven? Well, there's no other way to go to heaven. <laughs> Come on, somebody. No other way to go to heaven. Don't go in unbelief. You'll get a little chiding when you get there. Where was you? He'll probably say, where was your faith? Well, does faith fail? No, but sometimes we fail to receive because, and if you, if you go to heaven in a situation like that and you don't get God's best, at least, I mean, you go, Lord, I thought I was believing you. And he said, baby, come here. <laughs> Sweetheart, you were walking all the light you had. But you remember all those sermons pastor preached about not looking at things seen. Where was your faith? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? We think we know it all. We're, we're Sometimes things happen in other people's lives. Not in your own life, you can get any answer you need. But in other people's lives, you might not always know what, what happened and why they, maybe whatever. Yes, yes. Um, but we think we're all that and we know a lot and so forth and so on. And truth is, when God says in his word, God said this several times, he said, my little children. My little children. He calls us little children. You know, that's what we are, little children. You ever seen your three-year-old? They think they're a humdinger. They're going to tie your shoe. We're going to do something. And they're messing up so bad. You can see it plainly, but they don't see it. They think they're, they're just, they're just, they're just, they're just, man, they're awesome in their minds. Right? But I've been walking with God 50 years. Compared to what God knows, you're still a little child. Come on, somebody. Uh, God's faithful. Somebody said, I don't know what happened in that situation, but you know one thing. God was faithful. God was faithful. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil get you to side against God. How you judge God determines how you receive. This is important. Isn't, isn't that right? Every person on the planet is judging God as something. There's some people saying God was not faithful. He was wrong. He didn't do this. He should have done that. You can look at our culture today. You can look at our, you can look at the United States, the government of the United States of America today. And you say, where is God? Yeah. Well, exactly where they put him. They kicked him out. That's, That's right. where God yep, is. Yep, exactly. In my life, he's present and active. Amen, amen. <laughs> Where's God? I don't know where God is. They kicked him out. God's a gentleman. He leaves whenever people kick him out. That's right. Praise the Lord. You know, these people, they get all, they get all tied up and irritated about stuff like this. I don't. They just, God's just honoring what they want. Praise the Lord. 
The enemy is always trying to lie to you about God and especially about his faithfulness. He's trying to get you to judge God as being unfaithful to somebody you know. And he's trying to strip you of your faith. Ever trust in him yourself? Well, God didn't, it didn't work out for them. Why would I trust him? You don't know everything about that, but you don't know what God's been dealing with them about for 20 years and they wouldn't listen. You just, and that is no way to, to change. That's no reason to change your doctrine. God is faithful. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to every person. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, somebody say hallelujah. So Sarah's verse shows why some people don't receive from God. Because they say, they, 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 they don't always say it out loud, but sometimes just in their heart, well, I'm not trusting him anymore. He let my aunt die and she was, she was a good Christian woman. And, well, maybe aunt, dear heart, didn't know anything about divine healing or, or you know, just, just you know, because sometimes relatives, they'll call for prayer when they get to the bottom of stuff. But they have no foundation of faith in their self. They're just, they're just, they're just trying to grab onto somebody's, can somebody help me? And for 25 years, they haven't been in church. Well, God let my Aunt Susie die. Are y'all still with me tonight? He was faithful. He probably dealt with them, dealt with them, dealt with them by getting someplace to prepare them in faith. Amen. I've seen it so many times, dear loved ones. So don't just say this in a theological statement that we all believe God is faithful. This is going to be personal with you. Personal with you that in my own being, he's faithful to me personally. Through the worst of times. It'll get you through some of the worst of times. Amen. But Sarah didn't start out saying God is faithful. I'm almost done. Tell your neighbor he's almost done. I've proven it for years. I am faithful to quit eventually. <laughs> Relax, everything will be all right. Sarah didn't start out calling God faithful, did she? She was laughing in unbelief. And, uh, but aren't you glad that if you start out judging God, that you can repent of that and get back on track? And that God will honor your faith? She got past that, made the adjustment, and got on the road of saying, He's faithful, He's faithful, He's faithful. And as soon as she did, her body received the strength to conceive that child. Hallelujah. So to call God unfaithful is to doubt his character and question his goodness. And it keeps people weak in faith. It's really one of the most unintelligent things you can do to get mad at the, very, the only one who can fix it for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody in here would ever be that unintelligent. My younger years, I used to say stupid, but I've grown up spiritually. You know, I'm so. Nobody here would be that unintelligent. How can you get God to work for you when you're siding against Him? You know what? You know what a lot of this is? Pride. Pride. People think I'm I'm doing everything I should do, and God's not faithful. Why is it that we, as as flawed uh, human beings that don't know much at all compared to what God knows? Accusing the only one who's perfect in all the world as you're the one that does not being faithful. Well, well, who's the flawed one here talking to the perfect one here? Humility will get you a long ways down the road of faith. Being able to hear what you need to hear. You ever notice whenever you're miffed at your wife that you no more hear what she's saying? 
I'm trying to quit, but see, Brother Juan needs this tonight. She can keep talking, but you're not hearing it because you're miffed. Same thing with God. You're miffed at God? Well, I'm not trusting him anymore. I believed him over here for this, and it didn't work out, and so forth and so on. Well, that's the end of your hearing. Just like whenever you're miffed at your wife. And you need to hear. You need to be able to hear. You need to master these things. You need to get on top of these things. Judge yourself and say, God, it was on my end. Maybe I don't understand. That's one of the greatest trials of your faith you'll ever have is when when you don't understand something. You're walking in all the light you have, but you don't understand something. It's one of the greatest trials of your faith. That's when Satan comes trying to tempt you. Say, God's not faithful. He's not faithful. You need to not trust him anymore. You need to, in fact, just leave the church. Just leave this faith message. Just leave this. Don't go to that kind of, don't listen to that kind of teaching anymore. Try to get you separated. Why? Because you're miffed. Something, you don't, you don't understand something. There's things I haven't understood. And there's things that it took me years for God to be even able to talk to me about it. You can't talk to your three-year-old about certain things until they grow up. Once they grow up, you can say, now, baby, come here. Amen? The reason mommy and daddy got divorced. You know what I'm talking about? But you can't explain that as a three-year-old. But they might be miffed about it. Right? Stand with me to your feet. That's the way these things are sometimes. Tell your neighbor humility. It'll get you a long ways down the road to hearing what you need to hear. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word tonight. <clears throat> no matter who out there in society rails and blasphemes God, accuses God of not existing or being in a galaxy far, far away and not helping us whenever we need help or so forth and so on, you just know one thing, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I'm not, I'm not leaving him because somebody else decided they're leaving God or they're he's faithful in my life he's been proven that but you let that 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 miffed thing get on the inside of you it'll start hindering your faith you know what I'm talking about the devil hates faith he's trying to strip you of it amen faith will never fail real faith will never fail real faith. But you can't get side in against God and say he's not faithful and so forth and so on. You can't get, see, we're really talking about being angry at God. You got to talk about, when you talk about faithfulness, you got to talk about being angry at God. I refuse to do it. There's things I haven't understood, but, but I just always look at it and say, God, <clears throat> somewhere it was on my side. Maybe I don't understand right now, but I'm not siding, I'm not taking sides against you, treating you like you didn't do what you're supposed to do. <clears throat> You can't, you can't receive from God siding against him. <laughs> Amen. Stay on God's side. You ever heard somebody say that? That's what we're talking about. Don't get angry at him. Don't get miffed at him. Just say, Father, there's something on my end. That's humility. And that's, that can hear what we need to hear. <clears throat> and boy, I'm telling you, he's ready to share. He so longs to help us. He so longs to help us. Father, we're grateful to you for your word tonight. Thank you. It's a light to us. It's a lamp to our feet. It shows us the answers. Father, maybe some of us here tonight, you had us ministering on this, so some of us maybe need to make some adjustments. Maybe we're secretly irritated and agitated or angry at you, thinking somehow you failed us. Father God, tonight I believe there's adjustments being made in hearts. 
Father, humbling ourselves is the answer. Humbling ourselves gets us uh, further down the road of receiving. We're grateful tonight for your word. And we say, Father, you're faithful. You're faithful. Even when we don't understand. Let's, let's say that out loud. You are faithful. Always faithful. Hallelujah. I judge you as faithful. I don't judge you as unfaithful. I don't judge you as wrong. I say you've never failed me. You've never been unfaithful to me. You've never spoken and weren't faithful to stand by it and bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise tonight. And Father, not a one of us will go down the road of wavering. That's a bridge out. That, there's a bridge out down that road. We're standing on what you said. Whether to our hearts personally or whether the word said it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Every single one of us will have everything we're believing for come to pass. Glory to God. Father, we don't look at the clock. We don't look at the calendar. We don't look at time. We don't look at anything else. Circumstances, we say it will all come to pass. It will all come to pass at last. Glory to God. Father, we rest in that. In fact, in fact, put your hands up and say, Father, I rejoice in that. My heart is fixed. I'm not changing. I might need to see more. And I believe to receive that. But you'll help me and I will never change. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm getting all the way across the finish line of what I'm believing for. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Did anybody do any chopping at the knees tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe, I believe I was hearing some chop-chop. Cutting some doubt and wavering off. Tell your neighbor, unbelief won't work. So why go down that road? Amen. Some of you need to go back and pick up a dream that you had, a vision that you had, something you had in your heart for, to do for God. Maybe you had it in your heart to, to get the music for this era of the move of the Spirit. Woo! The, well, I just not, it's just not coming. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. Hallelujah. Just stick with it. Maybe you've got something in your heart God told you you would do. A place you would stand in the, in the call of God for your life or the ministry or something like that or business or something like that. Don't give up on it. Seek him. He'll show you the steps to take. Hallelujah. Your future is bright. Bright. Hallelujah. I don't know what the world's going to do. That's their decision. I'm praying for them. God will open their eyes. But I'm just saying my future, your future is bright. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Because we're not wavering. We're not giving up. You know what he said? Cast not away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. You know what that reward is? Something better than you're experiencing right now. Something better than you're experiencing right now. I'm telling you, if you knew what was connected to your faith, you would not throw it away very fast at all. You'd fight for it. Amen. Amen. So greet your neighbor as you go and say, I'm not casting away of my confidence. I'm getting the reward. Hallelujah. We'll see you on Sunday morning. You're dismissed.